1: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for monday april eighteenth, 2022 i'm your host blessing addio jr joining me is game onesis aka janet garcia
2: yo what's good good to be here
1: good to have you i love that you're wearing your ps love you sweater
2: yeah i hate that it doesn't really come, up, set. come up that well on camera but in in person it looks really cool
1: yeah i don't want to call you out you did have some of the powder on your sleeve
2: i do yeah i was using um also let me know in the chat and on the internet what i should use for like deoilifying my skin um i bought like the revlon volcanic stick but I had to clean it and I forgot to bring it back. So I was using uh, Mario Badesco Special Healing Power. I know like Mario Badesco is kind of a contentious brand. Like a lot of people don't vibe with vibe and don't fuck with Mario Badesco. I use Mario Badesco because it's like, it's what I know. It's cheap. It's like the last um, Jedi of brands. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let me know in the chat. Like, is there, is there love for Mario Badesco? I feel like people, also, I don't know if there's any like, like actual reason people dislike, like a moral reason or if it's just the products aren't good to them. But I feel like. Marvinist goes now on the streets, but that's what I used. Unfortunately, it gets everywhere all over me. So if I'm a little like dusted and busted, that is mm-hmm. why. But if you're listening on the audio version, I look great.
1: I mean, you do. Yeah. No, like you're killing it. I, I just want to call the powder in case you wanted to explain it because I didn't want like somebody to be like, oh, what's that? Is like is Janet doing cocaine on the side? Like, and then I'm people run like, wild with it. I
2: was just, I was, um, you know, drafting my playdate review with chalk as I do for all my reviews. And it's just the, um, you know, the leftover remnants.
1: How was that? Because that, that as I was checking in with you, it seems like that consumed your entire weekend. Was there a play day review? Of course, we're recorded we're live right as of 10 a.m. Embargo just went up. Play day is gonna be our main topic of the conversation, but I guess this can be the preamble for it, right? Like how was your weekend reviewing the play day?
2: The weekend wasn't that bad. Yesterday was really challenging because I, I put a lot of it on yesterday. Um, like the right cause like, you know, I've been playing it throughout, obviously. Like we've had it for a little while, um, as implied by like when our unboxings went up. Um, and I've been playing it, but it's like sitting down to write it is a different thing. And then it's been the entire calendar year. I've not done a video review for anything because they take super long there. I mean, you do video essays like you get like the collecting the assets, getting the idea to get like it's so it's so much work to do video stuff, especially if you don't have that skill already established for yourself. So I have not done any video reviews this year because I'm just like, I can't be bothered to do all that extra work. It's like double the work on top of the written review, which is already a lot of effort. But I'm like, this time I'm gonna do the video review. And I did do it and and it's up and you could watch it now. Please go watch it. Let's sit in the background. Like I worked so hard to get that out the door. But um, as a result, I was like kind of I would never have a great workflow for the for the video aspect because it's not my strong suit. Um, so that was the part that really like weighed on me more. Um, and I kind of like spaced it out a little bit more, but I wanted to like, you know, still stream on Saturday, uh play Uncharted because you know, you'd be talking shit about my Uncharted playthrough like I was there, you know. You're excited. We yeah, you had your, for Uncharted 4. You bi yearly boot up
1: of Uncharted 4 a few days ago when I saw the yeah. screenshot. I was like, oh shit, she's like almost halfway through the game. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're getting through it. Like I just went through um i don't know what you did, what the shorthand for it is but this really cool um like chase sequence yeah it's after the clock tower the cl- okay like, it's like but it's all like it's all
1: part of the same sequence right because it goes from the clock tower into that chase
2: no it goes from or is there more in there there's like a it's big, been a while there's a decent gap in between okay. but like it's not a crazy gap. like it's it's like in that it's in that chapter it is in the same chapter which is probably why okay. you're like connecting the two but that's yeah, that where they're, awesome. that's like the open
1: world not open world but like open environment exploration stuff too right yeah
2: it's I'm like a little Chartered bit 4. after like the market like you have like this big shootout. like it, it was a good time it was good
1: where are you at like thumbs up thumbs sideways thumbs down
2: I'm probably thumbs up um I'm you know it's too soon to say because I'm only halfway through but I feel like uncharted 4 is what everyone told me 1 through 3 was um and in many ways 4, 4 feels like a remastered remade version of one through three in terms of the concepts like i just think it's Mm. better in every way like it's so much more evolved so much more polished um i like the gunplay a little bit less in this one i don't know if i just notice it more yeah and not and not and then you know i hesitate to say that because i'm sure it's better but for some reason, like, I came back to this one and I'm like, I don't remember the gun swaying so crazy. Like, I really wish they, like, honed mm, okay. in on the weapon sway a bit. And that's a kind of a problem throughout the series. But I guess since this game is also better, you have to kind of be better because the AI is a little smarter. So maybe that's why, like, I notice what I, I feel like are the faults of the gunplay a little bit more. It's also the
1: first Uncharted post Last of Us. And I think Last of Us really... Th- that was Naughty Dog being like, all right, we can lean into this, like the shooting, because I did not like the shooting in Uncharted 1 through 3. Uncharted 4, I liked it way more, but I think that starts with Last of Us being more survival driven and being, I I think, a bit more thoughtful uh, in some of the action gameplay. And so like in Last of Us, you have that sway because you have like the scarcity of bullets and you, right. they want you to feel like, oh shit, every bullet counts. I need to survive. And so like you're missing shots and it feels tense because of that. Uh, And I felt like Uncharted 4 was capitalizing off of a lot of what made Last was great. And I think that weapon sway is included in there.
2: Yeah. And I think like in in Last of Us, I actually really like the gunplay even in the first one, which is like a lot more rudimentary compared to the second one and how they evolve the gameplay there. But there it makes sense. And you don't have like a lot of shootout moments with like a few exceptions of like kind of bossy moments in, in that game versus like Uncharted's like blockbuster film energy. So it's weird to be like. This is kind of a power fantasy, but also you're not going to hit any of your shots, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, like, I'm, and maybe I'm just bad at it. Like, that's also potentially a factor. But you know, I'm me all the time, and I feel it a little bit more pertinent in this game. Um, but like, the adventuring is really cool. Like, the story is way better. Um, hope I'm. I'm not even going to. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm scared for where the story's going to go. But so far, the story is way better. And yeah, uh, yeah um, I can't wait to talk to you about the ending in uh, 2024 when I finish it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to hear about that. Um, you know, you mentioned that your weekend was mainly like Playdate stuff. My weekend yesterday actually was day 10 of me doing Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, yeah. I've done it 10 days in a row now. I'm very happy with myself. Usually I'm very lazy with this shit. and by day 3 I'm like Nah, fuck this, I'm out. I've been enjoying Playdate a lot, and I don't want to like I don't want to talk too much about it cuz we've talked about it before. What I will say, the thing that has blown me away with Playdate or not Playdate, sorry, Ring, Ring Fit. Fit. Uh, with Ring Fit has been the fact that every like every other day I find that a different muscle is sore in a way that I was like, I didn't know this muscle could be sore. There is like in the lower back, because I was doing Mm -hmm. this workout yesterday, right, with Ring Fit, where they like, they make you hold the ring up and then you do like the forward bends, right? And I was like, I was leaning into those because I was doing a lot of, that's like one of those yellow moves. You played Ring Fit, you know what I'm talking about because there's like type advantages and shit. And I was facing like a lot of yellow enemies, so I I needed a yellow move and that was my yellow move that I relied on. And so I was doing that shit, like, over and over again, and I was like, man, this seems kind of easy. Like, am I leaning on, to, on this too much? Like, is am I getting a real workout from this? This morning, when I tell you <laughs> that, like, I dropped something, I went to pick it up, and I was like, oh, all right, no, this is working. Like, this is this is exactly what I need. And so that's been my, my weekend. My other thing is that, like, man, for people who work, work out all the time, are you just constantly sore? Because, like... God damn! have I been sore for the last 10 days straight you get a little bit more stopping.
2: used to it I've never been big on like generalized working out a lot because usually my thing is running the closest to generalized I've been is when I was like training for my first half marathon and taking boxes cl- boxing classes at the same time um and that's like the most I had like for a balanced kind of fitness regimen um but after a while like y- yes and no like you get used to it and you like know how to live with the pain where it's you still notice it but it's not as deep um and then of course doing like foam rolling and other stuff like at a certain point like I didn't really mind soreness like when I was marathon training like recently but injury would be like what I would notice if I had pain instead of just soreness that would be like a different thing mm,
1: I, I feel that. I, uh I never knew how like steroids worked and I was very shocked to find out that it reduces the time that you're sore afterwards really yeah so that's so like your recovery is this a time. recommendation no no i'm just like i it was just one of oh those fun God. facts that you like this villain
2: era all up. <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> he's tearing through these games i'll but, tell you, you know, i'll
1: tell you i'll tell you the same thing that i i, I like nick. show up to KMGD one day looking like paris but you're like oh yeah. paris look different it's like no it's me it's blessed. i'm just God saying damn. like i'll tell you the same thing i told nick if you need me to stick you with a needle in the butt i will and with that, let's talk about today's stories, which include Playdate reviews, they're live, a Valve Rider wants to make Portal 3, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, Roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around housekeeping for you kfw aka kind of funny wrestling has a new home right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games episode one went up yesterday in case you missed it episode two follows today and then episode three records live on twitch after kftd today and then we'll be up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games tomorrow so if you missed out on kfw you can catch up right here and then speaking of kind of funny games a new kind of funny x cast is up right now on uh, uh on youtube.com slash kind of funny games that is mike in paris they're joined by chris charla the director of id at xbox Uh, they have a good conversation breaking down id at xbox you can catch that right now youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and then if you're wondering where our thor love and thunder reactions are uh, they're recording that that right now as we speak and that'll of course go up later on youtube.com slash kind of funny thank you to our patreon producers fargo brady pranksy and anonymous today we're brought to you by credit karma but We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. As the show went live... So did Playdate reviews. Janet, I want to talk to you all about it. That's actually why you're on today. You, you were going to be on Wednesday. I had to switch things around because you've been playing the Playdate. You reviewed the Playdate. Your review Playdate is up over on Pen to Pixels. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I want to talk to you about that in a second. I, I also have reviewed the Playdate. There's a TikTok up right now, and we'll show that in a few. But first, I want to start with a roundup. Uh, let's start with Seth Macy at IGN, who gave it an eight out of 10 and says this, the playdate is for a very specific, very specialized audience of which I was surprised to find myself a member. I was unable to resist the pure lo-fi charm of it. And while the season, while season one, uh, while the season one games don't all hit for me, the joy of trying out a steady flow of new, interesting, inventive games held my interest even for the ones I wasn't too keen on. The crank is a gimmick for sure, but the way certain game designers cleverly implemented it is really fun, and I'm interested to see what uses come of it in the f- in future games. That being said, ergonomically, it's definitely a bummer to use uh, for some of the more crank-intensive games. and the screen's lack of backlight can be f- a frustrating limitation, but you know what? The Playdate, charmed me, the Playdate charmed me, and now I am fully under its spell. And then Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle gave it a 3 out of 5 and says, Ultimately, it feels like the system will live or die by how well its community supports uh, supports it with further sideloaded games. The 24 titles included as part of its Season 1 uh, are entertain, aren't entertaining enough, but as with any collection of video games, you'll get hits and misses. And combined, they may not quite justify the $180 cost of the unit. In an ideal world, the Playdate will gain plenty of support from any developers and will eventually build up a nice little library of quirky and experimental games to download and sideload. But time will tell whether this actually plays out in the long run. Janet, before I say any more, for people who are out of the loop, who haven't heard of the Playdate, what is the Playdate?
2: The Playdate is a new handheld console uh, that we have right here. I forget that we can like show it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, boom, That's the Playdate. Hilarious. It's a handheld console uh, with a crank. That's sort of its big um, selling point and kind of gimmick. And like first thing that is kind of noticed when you see the marketing for this thing, it's made by Panic uh, in collaboration with Teenage Engineering. And the entire idea is that you get 24 games with this that you can download. But the um, kind of catch or like the special element is that it's through, like, a weekly rollout. So Season 1 has 24 games. You get two games a week every week for 12 weeks. And, of course, when you first get it, you have those two games already there. And uh, that's kind of in its entirety. There's a couple other interesting elements. Like, again, some of the reviews mention the ability to sideload or sidecar, you know, load games onto it so you can, like, people can make and sell like additional games um for it and you know for the community like you can make your own games to put on it um and even with it like filled up with all the games there's like space to add additional ones so that's kind of like the extra layer as well as things like uh, the mirroring functionality that it has with the app where you can like stream it or like play it using sometimes like keyboard and controller support depending on the kind of game um also can help with like a few elements of the accessibility in terms of like not being able to see the screen as well like wanting a bigger screen for the device um and yeah that's kind of the the elevator pitch of the playdate,
1: kevin if you can can you prep the i put in a link to the twitter video of our tiktok if you can prep that uh while i asked janet janet you reviewed the play date yes. what did you give it
2: i gave it a three out of five after much soul searching and uh, that I is on the pixel scale yes uh which for me that's good uh so my scale if i'm getting my own scale correct is one is bad two is okay three is good four is great and five is amazing incredible I should know that a little bit better Um, but yeah and I went back and forth on it a lot because I really was debating between okay and good specifically because of the ergonomics of it which I know you and I have like talked about a bit um, just as we were reviewing it because it can be really rough for certain games but other games it really doesn't matter very much which is why ultimately I'm like okay I think there's enough Really cool stuff here, stuff that works, stuff that's interesting, um, and none of those th- none of the ergonomics like ever co- provide a complete barrier to me enjoying any of the games. They just might be ones that like don't feel as great as others. And then of course, like everyone else, I also was like, "Wish there was a backlight." Now I know some people in the chat were like, "What the heck is have a backlight? Like, how's that possible?" Um, I will say it's not as devastating as it sounds because it has like a really reflective screen. Like it is yeah. way than like what you get off like your Game Boy Color. Like, way, way better. However, just like the Game we call Color, you cannot use it like in the dark. And if you hold it at certain angles, even in a completely lit room, just like yeah. anything that's backlit, it will be, you know, kind of obstructed in that way. So it almost gets away with it, but I'm like, I still yeah. feel like I want the backlight even indoors. That's the
1: thing is, yeah, I think you hit it. You hit the nail on the head in terms of, it almost gets away with it. Where I first started using it, I saw the screen and the screen is really, really nice. And when you are in an area that's well lit or you have the, 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 the lighting right, it looks ama- amazing. I think the the screen and the games on the screen look immaculate. But then I'll have cases where, you know, for a thing like this, right, for a handheld, I like to, like, play in bed before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right, Like, I'll sit back, you know, hang out. And, like, with that, I can't play with the lights off. And then also, even when my light's on because the position of the light in my room, right, the lights in the middle, if I'm sitting with my back toward the wall with my play date, I can't see shit. Like, and that is with the lights on. And for me, that was a big hindrance um, during my time with it. Kevin, you can go ahead and play. This is our, our TikTok that we uploaded of, of, of my review playdate is a pretty okay piece of hardware. Though, if you're someone who's excited about the concept, don't let that score deter you. There's a lot to enjoy in this little Game Boy with the crank. Firstly, the design is bright, joyful, and tiny, a lot like the games we'll be getting on this thing. Tiny doesn't mean flimsy, though. It's toy-like as it presents. It's also nice and sturdy. The crank works as advertised, though so far the games in Season 1 haven't offered much that blew me away with its use. In fact, the games that I enjoyed the most are games like Demon Quest 85 and Inventory Hero, which don't actually make much use of the crank. Most of the games are great. They remind me of classic Game Boy games, with a touch better fidelity and modern design sensibilities you'll get arcade stuff visual novels and everything in between the library of season one games is varied and i'm always delighted to see what unique title is going to pop up on any given day however the lack of backlight is the big downside it's really only playable in very well lit spaces it also never feels completely natural to switch from buttons to crank battery life in standby mode lasts for about a week which isn't that great either knowing that going in if you're sold on it already i'd say it's worth getting because i think playdate is a pretty okay piece of hardware and there you have it of course the patented roger Picorni loop but yeah one thing to you know also with the the battery life in standby mode both both of us were playing during the review period in which the standard cadence for new games dropping on the Playdate it's two games every week right with a total of 24 games that'll make up 12 weeks for our Playdate experience we had two games every single day which meant that our Playdate was downloading downloading new games every single day which I'm sure had a hindrance on the battery life so I want to put that out there as a disclaimer but I think we share a lot of the same same thoughts right like again I gave it a th- 3 out of 5 which on the kind of point scale is also an okay but I think the way I put it is if you're somebody who it, who looks at the Playdate goes "damn that looks really cool" I really like the idea, I really want to experience that, then I'd say, go for it. Especially if you're down to put down the $180, right? I think that for me was also a big, like, mm, $180 seems like a lot for this thing that doesn't have a backlight, that is go- that you don't know like how certain the future is, right? I think the idea is very novel and very cool. And the games I played on this thing have been good for the most part, right? Like I, I like I mentioned Demon Quest 85 in my review and like I've had a blast with that thing, right? It's a visual novel where you are uh, going to like, uh, you're trying to summon all these different demons from, like, a demon book, and you're, like, looking through your uh, um, yearbook of classmates and, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, what combination of classmates item to gift the demon and then music to play do I need to summon the different demons? And it's, like, a cool uh, puzzle game, like, puzzle visual novel, essentially. And I had a blast with it, and that didn't require the crank. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of my other complaints is the fact that, like, the crank is cool but it definitely feels like a gimmick none of it's the games i've played things. have like blown me away with the cranks use. it
2: is one of those things where like maybe there's a reason no one else put a crank on this i still i still fuck with the crank but i kind of get it and then on the brighter side i do like that when it like it doesn't use the crank it makes it easier for like the accessibility stuff that you can do when you like queue it up to a pc that's kind of like on the side in the sense that that requires an additional piece of hardware. So like, I didn't talk a lot about that in my review because that's sort of separate from the individual device you're buying. Um, I have like a bunch more to say on this, but I'm curious to know blessing before you Mm -hmm. got this, like what were your expectations going in and then did this meet exceed or was this beneath your expectations?
1: I was looking for something fun, right? Like I liked it for the idea that it was novel and I liked it for the idea that video game developers, right? Indie developers are going to come to this thing and make whatever their idea is with it and have it be like this have it be this thing of the games that I'm playing on the play date are games that I'm not going to get anywhere else right that was the thing that excited me especially for like a a development experiment it reminds me of um uh Janet what do they call them like a bunch of devs like game jams game jam yeah it reminded me Hmm. of like a game jam situation of hey here's a unique piece of hardware now make a game for it that could use the crank could use the small screen like make a game specifically for this device and I thought that sounded exciting and I'll say that I think for the most part, this meets my expectations. Like, they're, again, like, the backlight for me is a bummer, and I would have hoped that, like, I, I, they said before that I wasn't going to have a backlight. I didn't know how that was going to hit until I had it, and now that I have it, I know that, like, yeah, I would prefer this thing to have a backlight. I think that's that's a big thing. And then ergonomically, I think that was the other thing for me where I'm like, cool, how is this thing going to hold? Is it going to be comfortable to use the crank? And it's not the worst thing, again, like, with games like Demon Quest where I'm not even using the crank, it's totally fine, like, it definitely is a brick right and i'm definitely holding it like it is like a a a very cube like game boy right or whatever shape you call this i know it's not a cube because all the sides aren't equal but you know what i mean right like it's very brick like it's something (laughs) it's something and it's it's not the best ergonomically after after like an hour is does your hand cramp up
2: cramp up is extreme um but i do hmm. but i feel pain like all the time like playing a bunch of games like i I am not without pain Yeah, like I'm not without pain gaming in general, Um, for me, it's more of like, do I feel like I have a good control of the device, not just like, does it feel good? Because it's part of it is a little bit of like the claw element of like, you know, and, and people that are like, looking at the video version can kind of see that I sort of cradle it between like, my pinky and my index finger, and then I use like the other ones as like a back support. The big issue with I think with the ergonomics for me that I really delve into like in my review is when you're using the crank, and especially if you have to spin it quickly, which a few games do require you to spin it quickly, not too many, that's really more of like a time travel adventure kind of thing, you start kind of you're pushing into the system, but you're also like you have to then pull against it to counterweight it because you're still looking at the screen, which was what, what it was interesting about, like, queuing up to the PC to do the mirror thing. It felt actually a little bit more comfortable because I'm not also having like yep. it kind of just demands 100%. a lot of the of the player a little bit. And that's, again, the biggest knock on it Um, for me. I i am similar to you, Bless. Like I went in. I want some cool experiences and some, you know, intriguing use of the crank. And overall, I feel like I got that. Um, I do think that it's going to be really interesting when this comes out, how people are going to receive their few, first few games. Because for me, like, and I texted you about this, I hit up those first two games and I'm like, I don't like this. I didn't like the games. I didn't like the feel. Like, I just had nothing but kind of negative to first say. First two
1: games, I think, are, and I, Jan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like, are the, is the audience going to get the games in the same order we did?
2: I actually am not sure because I looked at one of the press um, or like FAQs, and it said it did say something that kind of implied that maybe they'd be distributed, maybe randomly. Like I'm not sure. Like mm-hmm. I'm not confident that. There's games with- out
1: there, even though this is a very unique questions for us because like we played before, mm-hmm. and not, not many people are going to be able to do that, right? Like I don't know the order people are going to get the games in. If they get them in the same order that we did, yeah. Like those first two games, the first one was like fun for literally like 15 minutes. I don't see myself because that was the um, was white water.
2: Oh my god, I said it a bunch today. White. Water wipeout.
1: White water is that was by Chew Labs, yes. White Water Yeah, yeah. White Water Wipeout.
2: <laughs> God. White Water Wipeout made by Chew Labs. Yes. Cool like
1: cool idea and fun concept. And I think they executed it, but it's also like it's a it's an arcade game, right? It is you doing like a score attack thing where you're trying to surf on waves, and it is you using the crank and trying to control the surfer with the crank. And like it was fun for like 15 minutes, but then like, you know, I then hopped into the second game. And the second game was initially really cool, right? Like the second game that that I played was uh, Casual, Casual Burger, Burger, which is this like it's a it's a game where you walk around. Almost reminded me a little bit of Earthbound and the way that you walk around the overworld, but then like. Instead of like getting into like JRPG fights or whatever, you're taking pictures of birds, right? Like you have uh, uh, tools in your inventory where you can bust out your your camera and then try to focus in and use the crank to like adjust your focus, uh, and you can take pictures of birds. I like I like that for like thirty minutes, but then I was like, all right, I'm done with this. I don't this isn't my kind of game. Like I'm sure a Greg Miller or somebody else would be more into this if you're into photography and video games. But then I did end up getting games later, like Omaze, which is like
2: Yo, a maze like puzzle
1: game. Yeah, Omaze was the shit. Omaze right? is
2: really good. Like. Like I was blown away by how go- like Omaze was when I feel like it was really hitting its stride for me in the world out of games. Where like, yes. after the first two, and I texted you and I'm like, man, I am not into this. Like. Oh, well, you know, and I, I felt like kind of salty about it. Um, then right after that, I think it was um, Boogie Loops and oh, shoot. What was the second game? Oh, um, Time Travel Adventures, which it's so yeah. funny because Time Travel Adventures is such a simplistic game. Like you're moving the crank and a little like kind of up man is slowly moving his limbs. And you're just trying to avoid like the obstacles until you get to the end where you like the kind of the story stick is, oh, you're running late for a date like every day. And it's that's kind of funny, like just inherently. But the, the way it utilized the crank and sort of had, like, a puzzle element to it and had, like, a, you know, a quick reaction element to it. Like, I was in love with that game. Like, I that's still one of my favorites, even though it's not necessarily, like, the most mind-blowing, you know, piece of technology. Yeah. But I found so much, like, intrigue and joy and challenge in that. And then Boogie Loops, I just loved because you could make, you know, bears shake their ass. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, like,
1: Boogie Loops is basically, it's like a little music creation tool where they all have... Paint. Yeah, it's like Mario Paint. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good example. And like, they have visualizers and shit that you can fuck around with, and it's like a, a good time, right? There's like OMG's in chat uh, mentioned, or no, it wasn't OMG. Uh, somebody in chat mentioned, like, all right, so like all uh, OMG's says, all so all these games, but only one game is good. No, like plenty of games are good. Like oh, I, yeah. I think most of the games are good to great, and I've had good times with the games. But I think it's the thing of it's back to that game jam conversation of the 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 the, the ideas that people are throwing at this thing are so different and so like not every game is going to be for everyone and so for me the first two games i was like okay these seem cool not for me but then i got boogie loops and i was like i'm gonna fuck around with this for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then i got you know crankins time travel adventures and like yeah i thought that game was really cool and really dope and a pretty good utilization of the of the crank right and then later on like i got omaze and i got uh, inventory hero and i got other games where i was like okay this is pretty cool um but i think what is going to make or break this thing is the future support right i believe they're going to do another, uh, more seasons at least that's planned they're going to do they're going to have like other people make games for it like the developer of return of the Oberdin is working on a game for it that isn't part of season one that's going to drop as a separate thing that i assume that you can buy for however, however many dollars um i think that's going to be what defines the future of this thing and like i'm curious like i think the start of it is a solid good i would like to see them make more models that are different colors that maybe do get a backlight right like that would be my big request for it but i think as of now it's it's cool it's okay it's a bit expensive um and like if that price scares you away i think that's totally understandable because the price is high for what this thing is that's that's, what i say
2: so like a couple things like i know people in the chat are asking for like more of like the games that we've liked so we should definitely like highlight some of those before we move on of Mm -hmm. just like what we think were really cool and special and interesting experiences we had with the console um before we dig into that um as far as the price and like who it's for and all that i've got so many questions on like you know is it worth it like why should i care like this that and the other like do you think you'll play it for longer or is it just going to sit in your drawer and like it's such an it's it's so interesting like i get why people are asking that question those questions but at the end of the day i'm like this is for you know Art nerds. For the nerds. Like art kids. Yes. Like people that, you know, stay at Apple Arcade. If you go 100%. on the eShop, if you're on the Nintendo eShop searching low to high on a Saturday night and just downloading what happens, and if you hate it, you just delete it and you move on. Like if, if you're that kind of player, you know, if you like seeing the stuff you get in the itch.io bundles, like if you hear this concept of, hey, there's this weird, you know, interesting device, it has 24 games from like, you know, different developers, they all have something interesting and, and kind of amusing to say. Again, for, even the games the I didn't. Like,
1: like it's yeah. for the the like the kids you know playing the indie ass industry
2: I could see this at an, this is going to sound like kind of a backhand of column but I could see this just at an Urban Outfitters let like someone just impulse buys because no, well, 1000 it's this weird and and cool mix of modern and retro because it has like you know things that do feel dated like the black and white look to it but it also has things that feel super modern like seasonal rollouts of games like that's a very and then it also I think has so many cool stuff on the side where like there's clearly such a passion from um panic and teenage engineering you know obviously i don't know how how involved one or the other is on the you know entire conception and rollout of like these different elements but like the fact that they thought about doing the mirror thing the fact that you can stream it that you can like i just feel like there's so much thought and value that goes into it that's ultimately why i did land on good because i feel like it offers so many in a, you know three out of five because it offers so many different things overall like i had fun with it like i came here to have fun like personally I don't need it to be I don't need 50 hours or five hours of fun if I had 50 you know like even with um the whitewater game the surfing game which admittedly I'm not a big fan of because of the ergonomics for me I'm like you know what 50, f- quick arcade hit 15 minutes like that's fine like i signed up for quick hits some stuff that i might delve into like i it's a it's a grab bag it's a yeah. mix like it's, when you buy a variety experience. pack of candy we all know there's only like two or three things you want but like you're still buying it because it's halloween and we're here to have a good time you know put your hand in the bowl see what you get put some stuff back take what you want leave what you don't like that's what i feel like the energy of the playdate is and like and, and that's and i think not they gonna know that for too. everybody
1: they I, I think they very well know that like the playdate when they announced it as they've been marketing it i don't think they've been marketing or thinking about it as something that everybody's gonna want to get the play Mm. they know who they're aiming at they know they're aiming at janet they know they're aiming at me they know they're aiming at like the people that like want that throwback like game boy experience that may like handhelds like i was talking to my friend uh belinda garcia a friend of the show right and she was like oh dude i fucking love handhelds like tell me how it is like i want to i want to get this thing right and like she's the type of person who i know like she likes indie games she likes like weird shit right like she's gonna like this and you mentioned that like yeah they have the retro they have stuff that feels more modern. Modern. I think for me, the big um example of that is like, there's a game on here that's literally Snake. Oh, from yeah. like your notes, you I was way
2: too excited to play it. And like, that's the kind yes. of, again, because this is for people like me who are like, oh shit, it's Snake. And as soon as I started, I was like, this is Snake. I'm like, it's just Snake, but it's that's snake. all it needs to be. But also, like, but that's like, all I it to be. And it's then, Snake with
1: a twist, right? Like, and that's the thing is like, for me I I saw that and I was like oh they got snake on here I guess I'll play I started playing and I was like oh okay it's, it's snake but like there are a couple things different and I can see myself playing this for a little bit like it's take me back to playing snake back on my, uh, on my Nokia phone. And then also on the other opposite hand, it has Inventory Hero, which is literally inventory like
2: Inventory Hero a, is dope. It's like Loop yeah. Hero, but with inventory. And also yes. it reminds me a lot of, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna lose my mind because I don't have my Switch by me, um, which is not, <laughs> sounds unrelated, but um, it's a game. They showed it at like a Nintendo indie showcase. It has like claymation art style for part of it, but it's like this weird RPG. It's about like a brother and a younger brother. If anyone knows the name of the game I'm talking about, please let me know. It's called like Takashi something, or I don't know. I can't remember the name of it, but it's also, I think on Apple Arcade, but it reminded mm-hmm. me of that, like things that have funky twists on like RPG turn-based stuff where you like play something different. Um, one thing too, like I want to mention, cause like I've, I've seen this a bit in chat and I think, well, we always see this online cause I get it. Like people like care about the price point, And obviously like we're all buying things all the time and also deciding what not to buy. Like people are like oh well 180 that sounds like a lot for just like a couple fun times if if that's how you feel then you shouldn't buy it like and that's not in a like well you know get out kind of way but if genuinely if you need it to be you know oh i want like must plays on here i want this to be like a really like perfect experience it's not like it's just straight mm-hmm. oh it's uh takashi and hiroshi thank you uh Tekashi. disco yeah, bucky Tekashi, and yeah. in uh, in chat but yeah like if that's what you need, like I have bad news. Like it's not, it's not for you. And that can be okay. Like I'm someone that freaking spent what $50 on that stupid game and watch thing. Cause I like Mario and I just wanted it. Like th- it, there's not really logic there. Yeah. I mean, and um, like, yeah, I mean,
1: sales wise. Right. Like I, if I remember correctly, the Play Day is like, it's, it's not available right now. Cause like, it, I think they no, have pre-orders sold only. Out. Yeah. Pre-orders only. And like, I, I think they have like run like inventory or like they've, they've like ran out of inventory. Right. Like they're, they're they're killing it, right? Like they know they know what they've sold. They know who they're selling to. They know how many of these things they need to make, and like it's going to be for their audience. The other thing I'll say too is that I think part of why you're buying, buying into it is the experience of the twelve weeks and getting those two games week to week. That's something that I wish I got while playing this while, yeah. while playing the play day, Is like because for us it was daily, right? And it's two day, it was two games a day you know, I got a weekend, and I have, like, a bunch of games, and I'm like, cool, I'm not gonna have time to play all this shit, right? Like, I can't play 24 games in a review period, but I'm gonna hang out with this thing, I'm gonna take my time, and I'm gonna enjoy this, right? I think for the people that are into the idea of it, those two games, week to week, is gonna be a fun time, especially if you, if you have friends that have a play day, or if you, yeah. if you have, like, an online community or forum, where you go to, and you're like, hey, like, did you get this week's two games? Oh, man, I loved it, right? And, like, we should probably talk about games, because we got to get into the next news story scene, because we've we'll been talking for a while, but, like. For me, like, the game that I got that had me super hyped was executive golf, because I like me a golf game, right? Like, I'm down to play anything that has golf in the title. And I got executive golf. And executive golf, what it is, right, is, like, a 2D golf game where you are trying to make your way up, a like, an office building. And so, like, you're doing golf game mechanics, right, where you, you are aiming the ball, you're doing the meter, you're doing the two clicks for uh, power and accuracy, and you're trying to, like, get up floor by floor um and you're just seeing how high you can go and you're getting to the next levels like for me that was such a fun time waster uh in such a fun time that um like we mentioned omaze is such a cool puzzle slash maze game that i had a good time with that's one of the ones where i have the complaint of like you have to go 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 back and forth between the a and b button and the crank and that's a little bit like hell. playing
2: a bop it but like that's that's way better constructed and makes yeah. more sense than a bop it but it has bop it energy <laughs>
1: and then inventory hero once again right it being like a loop hero type game except uh it is with inventory and your character is just like on autopilot getting into battles and you are just like equipping things equipping like his torso armor equipping his pants, equipping his weapon, uh, and like getting sh- uh, like uh bad loot out of your inventory right you're just managing the inventory i thought that was such a clever idea for a game and i thought the execution was really fun and really cool um what about you like what are some of your favorite games
2: yeah stuff that we didn't talk about um i really liked up in smoke because i'm a platformer stan i'll play pretty much any platformer uh this one does also remind me of shovel knight because quite literally you do the thing where you like shovel double jump which is quite funny um and you're like rescuing like kids that are like (laughs) in the forest but then you know if you don't move fast enough they might not make it to the end of the level but you're like collecting that and puzzle pieces and stuff and i just think it's uh nicely constructed and they have a some fun using of the crank for like like winding up like a well to like bring the bucket back up. Um, spell corked is cool. Um, that's when I want to dig into more. You're sort of learning, getting to know like different ingredients, and like you use the crank to sort of mix um, the, the ingredients together or chop them together. And you're slowly figuring out, okay, what does this do? Like, how do I make like a strong brew versus a weak brew? And you're like checking your reviews online. Uh, and then star um, I really this is they have a couple sort of like spacey quick hit things. Um, But Star Sled I really liked because it's really focused in that you basically just have the control for the crank. Um, There is like a a little dash with like B, at least early on. Um, And you're basically like floating around these stars and kind of like lassoing them. Like, and that's essentially the mechanic. And it just sort of evolves from there. Um, And there's also an interesting mix, too, just in this console of games that have like it's like so. Interesting seeing the different approaches from like all these different developers where there are some games where they don't tell you anything at all. And then there's some games where they'll tell you like kind of everything. And then some games where you can like kind of click into the digital manual of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's been an interesting ride. um, And I'm curious to see like how, you know, support may or may not continue like in the community or from Panic specifically. Um, But yeah, like I had a good time getting to know it and kind of weighing the pros and cons. And uh, again, you know, you don't have to necessarily agree with me and blessing or like want to get the console based on what me and Blessinger say. But hopefully like me, Bless, all the other reviewers out there, y'all can get that information and if you haven't already made a decision on the device, you know, you can make a decision from that um, or make it meaningful to you or get excited or temper your expectations or just whatever our words mean for you and your playtime. But uh yeah, we'll see y'all out there when um the play date comes through. Cause I think they are probably like, you know, it's around the corner at this point with the, you know, reviews being up and everything.
1: I think they announced kindoffunny.com slash so your on. You can let us know because all the info went live as we la- went live. So I didn't have time to actually check. But I think they might have announced like when. Stuff I think is, so too. But I got shipping. scared
2: that it was. Announced. I was like, is this embargoed still? So I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, well, they well, maybe soon.
1: You know <laughs> like, what we'll do, uh, Janet? I want to tell people about patreon.com slash kind of Funny games, where they can get the show ad free. Um, while, while during the ad, I'll make sure to look up and then we can talk about it. Uh, but speaking of ads, let us tell you of our
0: sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Credit Karma. Are you earning credit card rewards? Credit Karma can help you compare your reward options so you can find a card that fits your lifestyle, helping you earn miles or cash back for spending you're gonna do anyway. I've been using Credit Karma for years. It's such an easy way to just keep track of my credit score and make sure that everything is going fantastically with so many great features. Credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of cards or so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options comparing cards on credit karma is 100 free and it won't affect your credit score and best of all credit karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply helping you apply with more confidence that is an awesome feature credit karma create your own karma ready to find the card for you head to credit karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today go to creditkarma.com or the credit karma app to find the card for you that's credit karma uh,
1: a couple tidbits for you janet first of all uh, i didn't get the name somebody in chat was like oh must be a slow news day no we got eight news stories me and janet just don't fucking shut up and so that's <laughs> first and foremost secondly uh, i went and checked pr- play dates group one had begun shipping today and so if you're in group one for the play date you'll get yours soon and then the other thing is that i earlier in the show i mentioned that like they had like ran out of playdates you can go to their store right now and they have stock up there um you won't get it until 2023 it seems like. yeah, yeah, yeah they say here that we filled our production capacity for 2022 but we're ramping to make up more systems the queue for 2023 is quickly growing so pre-order now and so if you're trying to get a play date <laughs> you can try and get one now and then get it by next year Boom. There you go. Janet, let's hop in to story number two. Portal's co-writer wants to make Portal 3. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. The co-writer of the Portal games has said he wants Valve to start work on a third game in the series. Speaking on the Kiwi Talks podcast, Eric Walpole, who co-wrote Portal and Portal 2, as well as such titles as Psychonauts Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and 2, Left 4 Dead and Half-Life Alex, ended the show by stating, quote, we've got to start Portal 3. That's my message to, to whoever, end quote. He added, quote, I'm not getting any younger. We're, we're reaching the point where it's crazy to think that we're literally going to be too old to work on portal three, so we should just do it, end quote. However, Wolpaw also theorized earlier in the podcast that it may not get it, it may not it may not be easy to get a new portal game off the ground, despite his history writing for Valve. When asked if he'd like to make a third game, he replied, quote, Oh yeah, I would love to. I'd work on another portal in a second, but I can I can't make it happen by myself, end quote. After it was pointed out that he must have some leverage at Valve, Walpole replied, quote, Oh, I could advocate for it. It might help a little bit. But the problem is that Valve has 300 employees. And I don't know exactly what the breakdown is. Uh, how many of them are on production side versus Steam business side versus legal versus whatever. So there's a lot of opportunity cost to taking 75 people and trying to get a game made. As much as it seems like Valve often, often is a bunch of people sitting around, sipping on gin and tonics by a pool, everybody's working. They're working all the time. It's just you don't always see the result. It doesn't always end up coming out, or it comes out years later, it gets turned into something else. So everybody is accounted for, I guess is what I'm saying. People are all doing something. So you'd almost have to take them, it's like a revolution, and stir up a bunch of people to leave what they're currently working on and come work on something else. In this case, it would be Portal 3, end quote. The host then suggested that Portal 3 would nevertheless be profitable for Valve, to which Walpole agreed, quote, hey, you're preaching to the choir here. You'd make some money. The problem is you would make is you would make money, but what kind of money will you make? Are you going to make Counter-Strike Go money? Probably not. But having said that, maybe every game doesn't need to, uh, to make Counter-Strike Go money, you know, Gabe, if you're listening, end quote. Janet, what are your thoughts? Like, do you want Portal 3? Do you think we could ever get Portal 3?
2: Um yes, I want Portal 3. Yes, I think we could get it. Other thoughts are, I'm glad someone else makes the very tired joke of like, I know you're listening because I do that all the time on our shows. Um, and also shout out to Gin and Tonics because that's probably my favorite cocktail. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what's said here makes sense, right? Where there can be desire, but that doesn't always mean that's going to amount to like a full-on project or that it should amount to a project. Like plenty of games start and stop before we ever even hear of them. And, and yeah, I think it's also good to point out that Everyone's always working all the time, like even when you don't see content or games or what have you, whatever the product is. Like people are busy doing other things, uh, and you only have so many resources. Uh, Ultimately, I, you know, it wouldn't break my heart if there was not anymore. It's like to the Portal franchise, but the fact that like two was better than one, and one was a masterpiece, blows my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's kind of too perfect. You know, like it's so hard to imagine. Like, how do you follow up? Yes, I, I joke that Portal. um, Portal two is an eleven because portal one is a ten and portal two is better than portal one. Um so like the idea of this being a twelve, I just it's hard to fathom, but I would, you know, (laughs) happily play if if they made it. Yeah. I'm right
1: there with you that I would absolutely adore portal three. I I obviously I can't hold for it, right? I think everything that um that, that he mentions here, right, in the interview is pretty spot on in terms of like valve has other things that they're doing right asking valve to make another portal is like asking rihanna to drop another album it's like bro she's making fenty and she's has yeah, she's getting all this money album. right like and i do want another rihanna album and rihanna like are you listening like drop the album but also like valve for them i think when they're thinking in terms of like in terms of games to make it always has to be coupled with how is this forwarding our other pursuits and so when we got half-life alex that was to sell people on VR, right? That was, hey, we need a killer app. We need something that's going to be fantastic for VR to bring people in to like get to, to make VR experiences something that's worth having. And so that's why that's how and why we get Half-Life Alex, right? Like, and I, there was an interview where they were talking about, yeah, we were thinking about a portal, but <laughs> part of portal is getting flung around via gravity, right? And like jumping into portals and all this stuff. That would make you so dizzy in VR. And so that's how we settled on Half-Life is like Portal wasn't going to work with that. Um, To get For Valve to make another Portal, there would have to be something that would be coupled with it. It would have to be the killer app or something. There would have to be some kind of reason. I don't think they're in a place where they're like, yo, let's make Portal out of the goodness of their own hearts. Because Valve Valve makes so much money off of Steam and other stuff. Um, And also that is a big... Undertaking right like he mentions like look how many people work at valve think about how many people it would take to make another portal game That is a percentage of the company that would it would take to make another portal game It is not worth it for valve to make another portal game even though I would love it Even though it would be profitable even though like, you know, the world would go crazy for it um, But hey, like who knows? I'm hoping that like what I'm hoping for is that there is Whatever whatever the VR or whatever like the thing they need to couple it with to actually make it happen, right? whether it is a a new steam box or like whatever the fuck whatever you need to make it a killer app for green light it make it so i can play portal 3 that's where i'm at um but yeah i i I like the idea that the 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 writer here is like yo dude i'm down to do it That that, that at the very least makes me excited because that means that like ideas have floated for what portal 3 can be right right? like he's thought about it like he wants to make it that means he's like considered like how do we follow up on portal 2 he's thought about it and so that at the very least makes you go, all right, oh shit. All right, well, we could creatively get something that could follow up, that could be cool, that could be different. Um final question on this topic though, like what would you want from Portal 3? Would you want it to be like the same story, would you want it to be new characters?
2: I'd want to at least have like well I'm trying to think of like where Portal Two ended off and how they could even continue it necessarily. I'd want some trappings to be the same. I don't know if I necessarily need all the same characters, um, but what I really want is like whatever that new gimmick would be in terms of like gameplay. Because like the big thing was what like the gel right and two, mm-hmm. like what is 3's gel? Uh, it kind of goes back to like you know a conversation we were having on on PS. I love you about like what would the PS six have to have? Like what would be the selling point? And I'm like, it's some cool thing that I don't know about yet that I don't know that I want. And that's kind of what I'd want to see out of portal three, some interesting mechanic to kind of drive it home. Cause the story is great, but like the gameplay is also like a game, you know, you mentioned game with 10 out of 10 gameplay and game with 10 out of 10 story portal.
1: Yeah. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. And I like, for me, it's tough because I can't imagine a portal game without, um, GLaDOS. Like GLaDOS is such an integral part of portal um and so and like if you're gonna make another portal game right like and I, I guess you could you could still follow up with glados like with how portal 2 ended right like i don't think that's necessarily impossible so like i think that i'd want her to be in there at the very least uh somebody in chat mentioned those uh Oddlanders in chat mentioned only place to go is open world portal lol and i'm sure they're joking the portal needs the witness or something but, but yes that is exactly where i'm going like what if it was hey we're dropping you into an open facility and you can like go whatever direction 100 potatoes fall from the sky
2: like (laughs) only one for me honestly
1: i think there's cool shit you can do with that and like especially with like the portals of course like uh, they're a mechanic used to solve puzzles mainly right like you use them to get to get around when you need to get to like the next puzzle or whatever but imagine like it being a thing of cool now we're putting it in an open area open space portals of course are like your main way of solving puzzles but you now have to figure out how to get to the other side of the map, or like how to get to certain areas of the map using your portals. Like that is part of the puzzles. And now we have a whole area where the 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 area is a puzzle itself, kind of like how the witness is. I think there's an idea there. I think that could be dope. I also think that'll be a lot of work. And also like to combine that with story. That's a whole thing, but it is what it is. Janet, let's hop into story number three. Ghost of Tsushima appears to have received its final planned patch. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. After nearly two years, Sucker Punch has released what appears to be the final planned patch for Ghost of Tsushima and has said it is not, quote, actively working on any additional patches at the moment, end quote. As reported by PlayStation Lifestyle, Sucker Punch has shared the new or Sucker Punch shared the news on the notes for patch 2.18 of Ghost of Tsushima, indirectly teasing that they are full steam ahead on what is undoubtedly its next unannounced project. Quote, while we aren't actively working on any additional patches at the moment, we will continue to monitor feedback on the community run Ghost of Tsushima Legends subreddit and messages sent to at Sucker Punch Productions on Twitter for any high priority bugs or issues that emerge, Sucker Punch wrote. They continue, quote, we want to say a huge thank you to the entire community for the incredible amount of support and feedback we've gotten since launch. When Legends launched in October 2020, we never expected to have such an active community more than a year and a half later. And we could not be more thankful to everyone who has been with us on this journey and quote. Firstly, congratulations, Sucker Punch. It's been a fantastic journey on Ghost Tsushima and Legends. Of course, it was legendary. Janet, how do you feel now that Tsushima seems like it's had its last patch? And also, what are you looking forward to from Sucker Punch in the future?
2: Uh, I think I'm um I mean I always want like new stuff, so I wouldn't mind them just doing something new and You know i wasn't like the biggest fan of ghost Tsushima. um like i respect a lot of what it does with it's like you know the wind and i think it looked really beautiful but like i was there was a few things that didn't hit for me in that game um i wouldn't mind seeing them iterated on it though i mean i think them having um god what was it called it wasn't it wasn't legends the other thing uh ike island Island, um i think some of the things they did there sort of to me were a window into what that next game could be um, in terms of, like, storytelling and some elements of the mechanics. Like, I would love to see a follow-up game that sort of um, more quickly fills out, like, the stances. Like, that was one of my beasts of the game. Like, it took you a while to get all the stances, and I felt like the combat doesn't really start fully singing until you get all those stances, where you can really, mm-hmm. like, take on anything you have. Obviously, like, the, you know, horse and, like, the combat added with that was really cool. And what I liked about the little bit of Ikialen that I did play was it went, it leaned a lot heavier into, like, the mind fuck of it all of like you're in this weird dream like you're dealing with trauma like oh no you've been drugged but like what's real and like you're kind of like more directly and more interestingly in my opinion unpacking some of the things you've dealt with in your life. Like, I found that so much more compelling than like sit in the hot tub and think about my uncle. I'm like, all yeah. right, I mean, this is kind of like, eh, it's not exa- it, it's not exactly super moving to me personally, um, but I feel like the things that I was seeing in Iki Island speak towards an evolution um, of storytelling, and not that they didn't do anything like that in the first game, but... I feel like they can really iterate on the stuff. Like, I think the base is solid. You know, people hear that I'm not, like, in love with Ghost Ushima, and I think they assume I just, like, don't like the game at all. Like, I think the game is fine. I'm just not obsessed with it the way other people were. And for mm-hmm. me, like, I want them to iterate on their mechanics to get me to that next level of really feeling that this game is truly amazing, um, really fleshed out, really diverse in, like, its side missions. It's not just there's, oh, guess what? It's bandits all the time. Like, I just want to see it get a little bit tightened up. But I think the base is incredibly solid and obviously there's like a bunch of fanfare around it they've supported a lot it's really become I think a staple with PlayStation so um as much as I'm down for something new I'm also very down for like a continuation of this because I think they have a, a really good base and that they can come out with something even better like even if you like it more than me I think they can come up with something better than what they originally had
1: yeah, when, when, when I one thousand percent agree with that, right? Like I li- I liked Ghost Tsushima a lot, right? Like I, I liked it way more than you did, and I like I'd go as far to say I, f- I fucking loved Ghost Tsushima. Um, but it also reminds me of Horizon Zero Dawn in the way that like Forbidden West mm-hmm. comes out, and there are so many things about Forbidden West that I think are a step up from Horizon Zero Dawn, and all just like in, in a lot of little ways, right? Like the game obviously looks better, but then you have more diversity of activities, right? Like I think the world design is a step up, like the the amount the amount of different tribes you run into, and like the land di- di- uh, diversity, and like uh, so much there's so much work I feel like into the, the little parts of how do you make an open world stand out and feel more fresh and feel more varied and feel more like feel more dynamic and explorable. I think, Ghosts, Ghosts, or not Ghosts, sorry. Horizon Forbidden West does a lot of that compared to Horizon Zero Dawn, right? I think the next Ghost of Tsushima, you want to see a lot of the same things. Give me more uh, enemy variety. Give me more weapons. Give me more diversity of land and, like, different activities to get into, right? Like, it, does, it doesn't It does just need to be hot tubs. It can be, like, other things. I know there were, like, way more than hot tubs in Ghost of Tsushima, but you get what I mean, right? Like, Expand that, you know, like I, I, I'm very excited. I'm sure that's what they're planning, right? I'm sure that's what it will be because that's the natural evolution of how you how you make a solid base in a first game in a franchise, which Ghost Shima is, right? Ghost 2 is going to be off the chain. At least I hope so. And so that's what I hope for. I also hope for um, a Legends standalone game. Now that they've set the groundwork with Legends 1, right? And having it be a thing that you got... Basically as DLC for Ghost of Tsushima, I think with the success they saw there and the longevity they saw there, I think the smart move would be to break it out and make it a separate release. Um, That way people can come in and just focus in on the multiplayer experience and you can build it with more hype, build it with more expectation and anticipation and make it a thing that is going to live forever or at least live beyond what Legends 1 did. I think that is the next step and I think that's what they're going to do and I'm very excited for if and when they do that. Story number four, Shin Megami Tensei has sold over 1 million units worldwide. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Atlas has confirmed that Shin Megami Tensei 5 has sold over 1 million units worldwide, seemingly making it the, fir- the, best, uh, the best-selling entry in the franchise. The news was shared on Twitter alongside a special illustration of Nahobino uh, from character designer Masayuki uh, Dui, uh to celebrate the milestone crossing 1 million copies appears to make shin megami tensei 5 the best-selling game in the franchise as atlas previously confirmed that 3ds's shin megami tensei 4 sold six hundred thousand units cool congratulations yeah Janet, shout out to that shin megami tensei 5 do anything for you
2: no no I can't, I can't say that it does but i mean i think these are always like important milestones to know and i think they speak towards like the power that Nip has um and it's definitely one that i've been wanting to get around to it's just one of those things where, like what was that last year right um it just slipped mm-hmm. it, it slipped through the cracks and like to be honest like i wa- like i i set it up for failure in terms of my own backlog but um you know it's definitely it's one that like I a very hardcore play. game
1: like yeah, yeah. I, I think the people who i saw get into shimigami Tensei 5 were people that were already like Shin Shin Megami Tensei fans. <laughs> no. or like the hardcore grpg nerds right like i that was one that i tried and i wanted to get into but very quickly i was like okay this is not a me game like this is not going to hit for me but for the people that did it it did hit for it did hit right like my roommate makahayim loved shimagami tensei 5 i know imran khan uh dug it as well and i think these sales are due to like one i think the switch magic um you know switch has a thing where it yeah. just makes games sell sell and then also i think the more and more you get iterations than shimagami tensei and like in turn also persona even though i know persona is an entirely different thing right like i think you're gonna see more people come to it and be willing to give it a shot and so I'm very. I'm curious to see where it goes next, right? I'm curious to see if Shimon Kamenense six like hits double as well and hits hits this two million unit uh, units by this time. But for that, we'll have to wait and see. For now, let's hop into story number five. Feature Xbox games might have ads. This is Zach Zwysen at Kotaku. Business Insider reports that Microsoft wants to work with ad tech companies to create a system that'll allow brands and advertisers to buy and place ads in free-to-play games. Uh, according to two people who spoke to Insider and who were reportedly involved with the program's ongoing uh, planning and no- negotiations. According to these sources, the ads could appear as digitally rendered billboards in a racing game or open-world adventure. However, it's currently unknown what other forms these free-to-play ads could manifest as or if they'll include videos or audio. Business Insider was Uh, was also unable to confirm if Microsoft and Xbox have started pitching advertisers and brands on the new ad system. Regardless, it's expected to launch around the third quarter of this year. A spokesperson for Microsoft told Kotaku that while it is, quote, always looking for ways to improve experience for players and developers, the company had nothing further to share about the reported ad system. Janet, thoughts?
2: At first, when I first saw this, because like this was in Slack from like over the weekend, I was like, oh, I hate this. And then I thought like one second more, and I was like, oh, this is like back in the day when they used to have like ads in video games like it's funny because there's some things that like if you get remade or remastered or whatever they're like well we can't put that like coca-cola billboard because we don't have like the rights to like advertise that anymore um so on one hand there's something like capitalistically nostalgic about ads and games um, capitalistically
1: on, nostalgic is yes. a great phrase
2: um but on the other hand like i you know i'm generally not really a fan however also the games are free to play and they need to make their money some way um what i'd hope to see from this is just the ability to like buy out of that, which we already see on mobile. You know, it's funny. A lot of people like smack talk mobile games or like what have you. And like, it's the bane of gaming, but there's like so many things that like they have in common with like standard console gaming. Um, And while like advertisements aren't really the most exciting thing for it to be borrowing from, it makes sense that they would do something like that. Um, I just hope that we keep that in just free to play games. Like what I would hate to see is like Doomsday scenario, like if it's on game pass, like, okay, you know, this now has ads in it or something like that's where I'm hoping it doesn't go. I just think there's so much there's so many ways we're constantly advertised and monitored uh in our society it's just kind of like a little bit overwhelming i think and i think a lot of people of course go to games for escapism what have you so hopefully if they do implement this again i'm not necessarily against it in the sense that those studios need to make money on their games and xbox needs to make money and i get that um but you know having the way to like buy out that advertisement um which you know again we already see on mobile a bunch and i've totally paid for plenty of mobile games because i want to a support the developer and b get rid of the ads um what about you
1: i i i'm i'm in a wait and see place you know i'm not totally i'm, I'm like you right where i thought about this and i was like oh yeah this is crazy and i was like oh but like i played burnout three and there are hell ads in burnout three on the yeah. billboards right like that's the thing that you've seen out of racing games out of sports games out of out, out of games in the past um i think the thing to note is that this is free to play games they're talking about and so like if it is a way to, to pay for development and it is a way to get uh, – uh, uh, if, if it's a way to monetize games in a way that could theoretically, like, lessen the monetization on maybe buying items and buying cosmetics and other things, like, if this is a way to balance it out and make it so that I'm not feeling nickel and dimed, hey, maybe that's a good thing, right? But also, I I, I think we won't know until it's actually implemented. But it's not something I'm going crazy about. Janet, what I am going crazy about is that uh, – this is from Mark Ghost in chat. Kendrick just tweeted, album is out May 13th. We're getting a new Kendrick yeah. album, May 13th, Janet. That's like less than a month away.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I want to know what's coming, up, no, I'm just kidding. It's too soon for that. Um, yeah, that's super exciting. I feel like it's been, well, you made this joke before, like during the Super Bowl, right? You said like Kendrick has like his album hair or something like that.
1: Yeah. No, like when you can tell when Kendrick is in album mode because he is letting his hair grow. He is like, he has an entirely different style. You know, when he's in album mode and he has been in album mode. I can't, I can't believe it, Janet. I'm very excited. Chat's going fucking crazy.
2: No, this is awesome. I have I've missed the last couple features he's done, but like I have like family ties in my like playlist I mean, ties rotation ties currently you know, because like, like that is the feature. Yeah, like I mean, Kendrick's amazing. Um, I've loved all of his albums to varying degrees. It took me a while to come around to Good Kid, M.A.D. City. Funny enough, I know people like really? stand that album. Yeah, like I just. I just didn't like it that much. I don't really have a reason at this point. Like I, it, it grew on me. I came around, but I just wasn't okay. a huge fan um initially. But like, <laughs> I see um, it. What me is know, that like? Because it's like story. But...
1: and we got to get back because we're running late in the show. And I know you what know Kevin's what it was. Here. Okay,
2: it's because like his single like he you know he came in with the like you know Sing eiffel it. tower dick single and i just was like mm. ah, i'm not that like i just didn't get pulled in until probably Tomato butterfly and then i went back and now i you know for now of course i love good kid mad city and like all of his albums are varying degrees of great um i will say though i'm really hoping for something varying on degrees par, of great on par with to Be a butterfly that's still my favorite of his discography um sure. i'm hoping that we get something of that level and also i want to see something that has like a more through line story. Like I think to Butterfly was a great combination of like storytelling and just songs that stay on their own. While like Good Kid Mad City is very is way more narrative driven than that album. Like I want Tupac Butterfly because I think it has a good in between. While like Damn was kind of more thematically tied, but not really yeah. as narrative as either of those two albums. Like, I think like, Butterfly is the perfect blend. You
1: gotta play the tracklist backwards and you'll you'll, really? you'll you'll hear the story. Yeah. Oh yeah do you not
2: we gotta do we gotta do a no, I didn't. Um, we I Also,
1: I wasn't expecting to get the Janet-Kendrick Lamar breakdown. I thought we were going to get hype for a second and move on. But I will say that, like, we the did, first time her heard this. We should post-show this. Seat, we should post we'll post-show this. Show, we'll post this. If you want the Kendrick conversation, stay Kendrick Lamar stay interview, post-show. We're going to do uh, quick hits for the next few stories. Story number six, Sonic Origins, has been rated in South Korea. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. Uh, Sonic Origins has been given a rating in South Korea, indicating that it's still on track for a 2022 release. Uh, if you don't remember what Sonic Origins is, right, it was announced back in May 2021 uh, during the Sonic Central presentation where we got the reveal of Sonic Colors Ultimate, uh, Sonic Frontiers, where they didn't give it a name yet. Um, uh, Sonic Origins is like it's to include Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic CD, Sonic 3, and Knuckles um and they talked about like having new features and stuff for the game and so i'm very excited about that you should be very excited about that there's also like a new image that got uh, that was um unearthed because it went on the on the playstation store kevin has brought it up here and i love the image because it invokes sonic mania which has me even more excited for sonic origins because it seems like they're listening and like this might have more effort put into it than i than we might have been expecting but i'm not gonna hold out too much hope i'm gonna get it when i get it and play it and have fun that's news for me and Tim Geddes. Story number seven, Babylon's Fall dropped to less than 10 concurrent PC players this week. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Babylon's Fall, the new hack and slash multiplayer game from Square Enix and Platinum Games, appeared to hit a new low this week with its concurrent PC player count briefly dropping below eight or brief, briefly dropping to just eight users as noted by tech radar the online game has struggled to attract more than 100 concurrent players throughout the, uh, this week and on april 13th it briefly dropped below 10 users according to tracking site SteamDB. They posted, insisting that... Uh, when I say they, I mean Square Enix and Platinum Games. Um, they posted it, insisting that there are, quote, no plans to reduce scale of development on Babylon's fall and claim that content uh, up until the game's second season is practically complete with work on Season 3 already started. And this is where I stop and say, Platinum, Square, you can you, feel free to cut the cord on this one, all right? Stop Season 3 development, move on. Like, we're at eight players. It's time to cut and go, because you do go- not need to stick to patch in this thing.
2: How is this like how accurate is that that sounds really low like i'm just wondering if that's e- either way babylon's fall isn't doing well if it's 10 mm-hmm. if it's 100 whatever like babylon's this is just a hey this just did babylon's fall still not doing well uh you're right they probably should you know move on at this point um i think now it's just a question of when i'm sure they are aware of things internally um but i don't know i also like i think i do respect them at least making an active effort and again like what i always say with like games like this that are like widely critically unacclaimed that are kind of like consensus is that this game is not good uh everyone tries to make a good game i'm sure they thought this was a good game when they made it and they put out that they wouldn't if they didn't um and i think this is just them trying to uh, like i feel like believe.
1: they would have we're, the so. we're talking about they put out so. the, the quiet man yeah and marvel's people.
2: i think the people making at least I feel like some of the people making a quiet man thought that was good. You tell me people are just making shit that like sucks, and then like when think of I'm the sure worst thing you've made. It. Think I'm, of the worst thing you've made and that you've put out in the world. Like, did you know it was bad when you made it? You know, like that's the thing. I'm like, sure I
1: did. I was I used to make raps when I was in high school. I knew that that shit was mad trash. You
2: still make raps, like you didn't? Yeah, you, but like, like now, I'm, now I'm great at it. Uh, but like <laughs>
1: I'm not. Like, you think
2: you know <laughs> stares into camera intensely. See, blessing thinks he has bars because like who doesn't believe in themselves? You know. Again, Janet, I think you can next put KFG, bring your done. bars
1: i'll bring mine and we can figure this out we can I don't audience bars decide. exactly you don't have bars, so bars you shouldn't be talking exactly uh well this, you don't oh, have bars either that's the argument i got bar I, sh- I shared with you my one uncharted bar where i was gonna make the disc, the, 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 the diss tiktok toward nathan your drake singular bar you have bars I, I added another bar to that just so you know
2: now it is bars okay yeah i can't but, front my music is not very good so I,
1: i'm sure that when they started the quiet man the first like third of the process, they're like, we got something here. But I'm sure at a certain point, like, they had to be like, this oh. sucks, but we're too far gone. We have to finish this. Also, That's for the how why show, I feel.
2: On top of like some like Kendrick talk, we need to talk music stuff because I'm trying to work on putting out music for the first time ever and stuff. Oh. And it's bad. It's like, but I like that. It, it, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk oh, yeah. about it later.
1: Let's round out The Roper Report story number eight. Netflix announces a first-of-its-kind deal with Exploding Kittens. and uh, It's a game in an animated series. This is honestly a news story that is legit just for me. I did not have to include this. I really want to talk about Exploding Kittens because I love Exploding Kittens. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Thanks to a first-of-its-kind Netflix deal, an exclusive version of the card game Exploding Kittens is launching on the streamer ahead of its animated series. This will be the first time Netflix will release a mobile game and a TV series from the same franchise. In Exploding Kittens, the game will be released on Netflix in May 2022, and the adult animated comedy series will premiere in 2023. The game will feel very similar to those who have played the card game, as it tasks players with avoiding the titular Exploding Kitten. The game will feature two new exclusive cards, Radar and Flip Flop. Uh, Radar will reveal the position of the next Exploding Kitten in the deck, and Flip Flop will reverse the order of the cards drawn. Feature cards and game mechanics will be added once the series arrives, so, quote, friends and families can play with their favorite characters and bring the show to life. Furthermore, the game will feature single and multiplayer modes and will be available to all Netflix members without additional fees or in-app purchases. Janet... I am ecstatic about this. I fucking love exploding kittens. Like I used to play the card game all the time with my siblings, and my friends. Uh, I th- this might be Netflix's killer app for me specifically, not for anybody else, but for me. <laughs> I'm gonna play the hell out of this, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm also excited about the show. I didn't realize they're doing a show too. And so good stuff. But Janet, the release of this is so far away. May 2022, so far away. A new Kendrick Lamar album, uh, exploding kittens game. I'm eating, Janet. I'm eating. If I want to know. <laughs> What I could eat today, though, where'd I go?
2: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday.
1: Mm (laughs) Out today, we got nothing. There's nothing out today. We do have some new dates for you. They Are Coming arrives to Steam on May 20th, and then one more island comes to Steam on May 19th.
2: Who's they in the They Are Coming?
1: Who do you think they are? um aliens i'm gonna say zombies Barely one of say.
2: us or both is wrong
1: Barry does not have his mic on uh now it's time for kind of funny.com slash you're wrong where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe uh, let's see let's see mm-mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm-mm. IRS potato writes in and says friendly reminder to everyone that today is the last day to do your taxes. Please make sure Blessing does his taxes because he's a slacker. Listen, I did my taxes. I said I was going to do them weeks ago. I did them weeks ago. All right. I'm taking care of it. If you haven't done taxes, go do your taxes. That is it for kindoffunny.com. You're wrong. We didn't get anything wrong. Um, So Let me tell you about this week's hosts, which are Tuesday. Tomorrow, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Shannon Lau of Washington Post. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Greg and in Tim. Fish if you people. Watched... It's fish people are coming. Fish people. Fish people. Thank okay. you. There he is. There he finally got his, his mic working. Wait, I should is that like a said... guess or
2: is that the truth? That's his guess. Okay.
1: You don't know. Unless it's the truth. No. Unless you look it up. I hope that's true. I could have made a joke and said that like Barry was coming since he joined the, the call as soon as we started on the conversation, but you know, there's a lot going on in here, all right? A new cat count. More albums <laughs> is coming. Exploding Kittens is coming to Netflix. I'm living my, 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 my best life right now. If you're watching this live on Twitch, After this is Greg and Mike with another edition of KFW, so get hyped for that. Of course, you can catch the new episode of KFW tomorrow when it goes live for everyone. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.